The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Hello. Yes, hello. It's me. I almost forgot to unmute my microphone and I started talking and realized I couldn't hear myself with my own headphones. But we are here. We're back. Uh, I'm back a little later than I expected to be. Uh, I'm almost getting all the details worked out to where I think I, I still want to be consistent again like I was for years. And we had an episode out every week. I had it for you on Monday morning. Things may be changing in an apartment where I can get that going. Right now, I've just had difficulties getting things together. I've got a lot of things kind of in the cooker. I've got plans, you know, because we usually do a lot of themed shows in October. I have plans for themed shows, but it's been a little rocky on getting some things together. I even, uh, a fellow named George Taylor has a book out. Uh, I believe he hosts a podcast, uh, Imagine Nerding, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, working on getting him on. Uh, he's got a new book. Uh, so we get to talk some Disney a little bit. Uh, you know, we've kind of pulled away from Disney, which, you know, we can get into that here a little bit later. Uh, there's definitely something to talk about in that realm. Uh, but yeah, we're working on getting to be uh, doing a show week. It's just also been a challenge to get something together, trying to coordinate. And even today, uh, I was going to have Lost Boy Phil on with me. Uh, he wasn't feeling well today, uh, so he wasn't able to join me today. So hopefully he's feeling better by tomorrow because we wanted to hang out and stuff. And uh, I, I have just a few times where I have a an afternoon off because I'm not working the secondary traffic job because guess what? Things are changing for those of you who do not follow me on Facebook and have not heard. You know, y'all know that I work at a radio station in the morning and then I, uh, and that's, that's a part time. That's every day. And then occasionally I get to work in the afternoons working traffic uh, for another company uh, that has not been consistent. I wasn't able to continue, you know, working every day. I would get uh, when only when I needed to fill in for somebody and you can't live off of that. Uh, well, all my job searching, finally, I've found something full-time that I've been hired on. I just, of course, have to pass a background check and a drug test, which is very simple. But I will be working at a television station making commercials with their creative services division. So I, I'm going to go from working in the radio half to working in television, and I'm going to be working more of a video format, which I do, of course. I've done quite a bit of video. I can edit. Uh, I can produce uh, I'm gonna. Be, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be really cool. I'm very excited. I'll be starting this new position later this month, pretty much at the end of the month, uh, because I uh, I'm gonna fulfill all my obligations I've had with the part time position with the traffic of when I said I would be able to work beforehand. I'm gonna make sure that yes, I I'm gonna be there where I said I would be because that's the right thing to do. Plus, it gives me two weeks for everybody to kind of figure out to uh, you know at the radio station I work in the morning, get them all. Hopefully, maybe uh, by then they'll get to move forward and be able to find somebody to replace me in there because uh, I know one guy does not want to have to come in as early as I do. <laughs> you know, he already he works very hard during sports season, and I don't think he would be looking forward to coming in uh, at five o'clock in the morning as I have been doing for the uh, since I've returned. And even since when I worked there before, I was starting at five o'clock in the morning uh, before I was furloughed. Uh, and thankfully, I was able to come back to that job. You know, I was very thankful to be able to return to the position. Uh, just unfortunate I was only able to return part time. Um, 
I was hoping maybe something would happen. Maybe I could switch it back to a full-time. But uh, I did find a full-time position. And, well, I got to say, this one pays more, <laughs> this position I'm taking. So I'm very excited. I want to do a great job over there at this new place and uh, work my way up the chain there. It'll be great. So uh, I'm I'm confident that I can do a good job. But I also am like, man, I hope I can do really good. Because I want to be like, yes, thank you for hiring me and full-time. And I, here's here's my awesome work. So, And the neat thing is the, uh, the guy who was hiring me there uh, actually had seen a short documentary I'd done in Marceline and he was impressed by that. So, you know, that, that's that's something I made because of some Disney love and, you know, I had kind of something to do with this podcast and now I've been doing for eight years. We'll have hit the, um, we'll start our ninth year, really, in, uh, first week in December. If you can believe that, I've been at this for a long time and uh, some of you have been with me for that long time. Some of you might be new, I don't know. But it's it's very exciting. So life is going to change. Hopefully, I'll be able to get something a bit more consistent then because I'll, I'll have a regular schedule work. I'll actually not be getting up at three o'clock in the morning anymore <laughs> to get to work by five. So, uh, you know, life is going to definitely be changing. And I feel like I'm, I'm finally going to get back to some sort of normal, which hopefully means that our, our release schedule will be weekly, if not more than because I'd like to catch up. You know, if I if I was to add up the amount of episodes I should have done. Between, you know, like about the time when COVID hit and it slowed me down to where I was doing make more like a bi-weekly show. But of course, bi-weekly, I've also been going nearly two hours. So hopefully you all have enjoyed that. But if I go through and add up the numbers, I wonder what, what number I should be at for having consistently tried to do this every day of the week. So what I might try to figure out a way to do is do some short episodes for a week or a few weeks. Until I get the number back up to where it should be if I had consistently had a show every week. That thought has been in my head. And it's a weird, crazy thought. But that's the thought that I've had in my head, okay? <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just there it was. Um, but speaking of some things that uh, we want to draw your attention to... Uh, Eric has posted this into our Facebook group, which, by the way, we have a Facebook group. We have a fan page. And y'all remember Lost Boy Eric. I haven't got to talk to him uh, directly or have him on the show in a very long time. I'm going to take a drink here for just a second. But uh, he uh, was sharing, you remember Adrian Rob? Uh, he joined us here at Planet Comic Con, and we recorded a show with him. Uh, but he has worked for Disney, uh, I mean, Disney, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Marvel, and Archie Comics. I mean, he's a great artist. Um, well, let me just read what Eric wrote. He's got a GoFundMe page up for Adrian and Jennifer Rob. It's called the Adrian and Jennifer Rob Recovery Fund. Uh, and, and here's, of course, this is in Eric's word. So imagine my voice is Eric. Eric has a nice, deeper voice than I do. But this is what he says. <laughs> says, I met Adrian in the sixth grade and we quickly became fast friends. And over the past 30 plus years, I have never known Adrian and his wife, Jennifer, to be anything less than gracious and generous. Adrian is an artist and has made a living working with Disney, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Marvel, and Archie Comics, bringing many of your favorite characters to life. He loves nothing more than appearing at comic conventions and visiting with fans of the franchises he's worked on. In January of 2019, Adrian slipped on a patch of ice and fell, shattering his drawing arm as a result. Over the past three years, he has worked hard to recover from this life-changing accident. However, he has suffered from other disabilities, which have prevented him from working full-time. He has struggled to support himself and his sweet wife, who is also dealing with her own chronic disease. Because of their setbacks, they are struggling to stay in their home and pay their monthly expenses. Their savings are nearly depleted. Please consider helping Jennifer and Adrian. They are the most giving people I know, and they deserve to receive back some of the goodwill they have shown. Uh, and I'm going to put a link here to the GoFundMe uh, into the show notes here. You'll have to go to our website, neverlandpodcast.com, and find this particular episode. 
but I'll put a link in here so you can go and donate to this GoFundMe. Um, I, if I wasn't having, you know, hadn't had such a rough, you know, year, I would like to be able to donate too, but I, I've got to hang on to what I've got. It's going to be a, a lean month until I start my new position. Uh, if there's still any help after that, I will gladly be able to help out. Uh, but they're trying to raise $10,000. They've got, uh, as, as of this recording, $4,110. Uh, and I would like to be able to throw in a little bit myself. Like I said, I think I might have to wait. Um, but yeah, there's definitely good people. Oh, and uh, there's even an update from Adrian here. It says, thank you for your kind and generous support. Jen and I are overwhelmed with gratitude. This is going to keep help keep us or keep. Yeah, this is going to keep help us. A little typo there. Uh, this is going to help us avoid some hard choices about our house and future. Three months ago, I started suffering from a series of medical conditions, which I know I haven't shared widely that have prevented me from working at my full time job. I've tried to make things work on my own for a while, but I really needed the help. Thank you for your understanding and giving so freely. Having one less source of stress in my life is life changing. And uh, I hope everything's going to work out well for him uh, because, you know, raising the money to help them stay in their house, that's great. But uh, I really hope everything's going to work out for him to where he will be able to continue uh, some sort of work. I don't know what these other conditions are, and he has not shared it on Facebook. That's And that's fine. That is his personal business. Uh, I just hope by the by the time that they get to the end of this $10,000 that uh, something's going to go right for him. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have to get on disability. I don't know how bad it is. I know there for a while he was teaching himself to draw left-handed and he was making amazing progress. He could draw better with his left hand than I can with my right hand. Now, I used to draw when I was younger, but I, you know, I've never been that good, <laughs> but uh, I was really hopeful that he was uh, going to be able to come back. And now he's had some other setbacks. So I, I hope everything's going to work out for him that way when this money is been used to help them keep their house and everything, uh, that they still have a way to maintain things on their own. Uh, I, you know, so if, if they continue to need help, I'll definitely be able to help. I'll, I think next time I just can't do it right now uh, due to having my own financial issues. So, but yeah, if y'all can help out, please do. And like I said, I will put a link here in the show notes. So please go and hop on there. Okay. And other things though, do we want to talk about? Before I get through, you know, because I know this is what we call host chatter. So what have you been watching? The things that we always like to say. What have I been watching? Well, you know, um, one of the things with doing this traffic job is I, a lot of times I'm sitting here at home working from home and I need I want something to listen to you kind of while I'm kind of staring at a screen waiting for somebody to have an accident. Uh, so I've been watching Star Trek The Next Generation because you know what? I hadn't actually seen every single episode. So I went on uh, Netflix and I went from the very first episode. Of course, I had watched a few episodes on Netflix already. So, but I picked up where I left off and I've been watching up through season one and two. And here I'm in season three, which I believe I have mentioned. And uh, I tell you what, season two has some of the best episodes. Uh, I mean, that is also where the Borga gets introduced is in season two. Uh, and even the episode right before that was just, uh, oh, just a great. And I can't even think of what episode it was, but it was so great. Oh, that's right. I believe it was one where um, Data makes friends with a little girl that uh, their planet, the planet this little girl lives on is dying. You know, it's, it's got a, a like a dilithium core and the planet's got volcanoes exploding and all this kind of stuff. And the planet's about to just destroy itself. And them, the, the enterprise interfering would be a violation of the prime directive. And so they're trying to find a way around this. Uh, and it's pretty much, yeah, data probably should not have returned contact to this little girl. But, oh, it's it's such a good heart-tugging and good, just good episode. And I think it was that one that was right before the Borg episode. Uh, 
Uh, just it was a great season. I've got into episode three. I mean, I think there's like ten seasons of this show. Um, I'm just loving going through it. It is great. If you never actually have sat down and watched it, if you're in it, you know, I wasn't really a Star Trek fan before I started watching. You know, I'd seen some of the movies. Uh, I couldn't get into the original series because I first saw it when I was a little kid. But Next Generation is what kind of pulled me in when I started watching it on syndication in its first run in the 90s. I was like, this is really good. So that's what kind of pulled me into Star Trek, because otherwise I might have been another statistical Star Wars fan who can't watch Star Trek. You know, and uh, I, I say you can watch both and enjoy both equally. Uh, other things I've been watching, I've been watching some animated Superman movies, HBO Max has access to, of course, and some Batman ones, but they have access to some of the animated movies that Warner Brothers is putting out uh, for the DC animated... Well, I don't know if they have a really consistent animated universe. A lot of times it seems they're adapting some of the comic book stories uh, into animated features. And they recently put The Long Halloween Parts 1 and 2, which I do remember reading that, and I enjoyed reading it. That's uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, who like to go and work on a particular character in comic books and just come up with a great story. They'll throw back the clock and tell a story that hasn't been told from the past of a character. And I've got some of their work. Uh, they, I think Spider-Man Blue was what they called it. Uh, oh, it was great. They went back and uh, had uh, like the story of Peter, Gwen, and Mary Jane when they're all around. Uh, oh, I need to dig that comic out where I have it. <laughs> and I need to read that again. It, it's, it's just really good. But they also wrote The Long Halloween. It's been adapted as an animated. I don't know how much they stuck to the story of the comic, but uh, I did enjoy both parts. But I feel like it kind of, you could almost have done it in one movie. Uh, I feel like they kind of stretched it out a little bit and added some fluff, maybe. That's what it felt like. Sort of like when they adapted the. Um, Killing Joke, they added an extra story for the first half hour. You could skip the first half hour of that, of the Killing Joke, and be just fine. And then, because it doesn't pick up the real story of the comic until, you know, you get it about half hour in. So I think they're just trying to make it more impactful uh, for Batgirl, uh, what happens to her in that one, which I'm not going to say because maybe you're not familiar with uh, the Killing Joke. I don't know, but you should read it if you get a chance and then watch the animated. It's pretty good. But like I said, skip the first hour or half hour. So, but anyways, I was watching some Superman ones over the weekend, and uh, I watched one called Superman Unbound, and it was uh, kind of retelling Brainiac coming to Earth for the first time. And you know, while I am enjoying these, there is one thing that I found kind of ridiculous and funny. So Brainiac has these uh, minion robot type of things that he sends to Earth, and he's wiped out planets with these. You know, they go through and they drain data out of people's brains, add it to his consciousness. He's like the Borg, you know? He's like, I will grab your collective information and knowledge and add it to my own, that kind of thing. And then he wipes them out. So, but we see throughout this cartoon that these robots are darn near indestructible. You, you can shoot them with bullets or whatever, all kinds of stuff, and be, they're near, darn near indestructible. You can, you know, they are not even phased by being hit by, you know, like, rapid-fire bullets. But then, because plot convenience, <laughs> Lois Lane is able to take an office chair and shove it across the room and into one and send it flying out the window of the Daily Planet. I'm like, really? This These things take bullets and don't they don't even face. But an office chair, a rolling office chair, because Lois Lane sent it rolling, was enough to send it flying out the window. Consistency, folks. Consistency. Uh, there's been some other animated Superman features I've been watching. If you have HBO Max, uh, you know, go take a look. There's you know, these are The animated features are pretty good and they're fun to watch, and so I have been enjoying those. Now, moving on to what have I been playing? Now, uh, what I may not have mentioned, 
which I need to update a password on Twitch. Apparently there was a data leak. Uh, you know, that's one of the things you'll learn when you work in the media. Uh, but on Twitch, and I need to be more consistent. I'm working on the next time I, 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 I do this particular stream. I do want to have Philip with me because the music from the game will not come through the stream. Uh, but I have put it up on YouTube. But uh, if you follow on Twitch, you search for Neverland Podcast. I've been streaming where on uh, all the old, um, I guess it's WWE 19 is the one I, last one I have. But I have a lot of comic book characters that have that have been created and everything. I've put it in there. Having a lot of fun. And I have like an official wrestling show of that one. I've got to pay for you to play through. But if you go out to Twitch, you can see some of this. But you also go to our YouTube channel, the official Neverland Gaming Channel. Or the Neverland official gaming channel. I, I can't remember how I phrased it. But if you go and look at that. I have put to that as a playlist of uh, this me playing this wrestling game, and you have my commentary. And eventually, I do want to have commentary with Philip as we'll play this game together, and that'll be fun. But I have also been doing a thing I call Scareplay 2021, where mostly every day, I haven't played yet today, mostly every day, though, I sit down for an hour or two playing a scary game. And we've already played through The Evil Within, and I've been playing Alien Isolation, as I, I think I mentioned already. And I tell you what... Uh, Here's what was funny. So I've been at this. Oh, a couple of weeks, you know, hour or two a day spent several hours and I had to put it on easier difficulty level because I, you know, it's after the evil win was evil within was such a struggle. And I wanted to try to get through this game before the end of this month, you know, because that's why I'm doing it for this month. If you didn't know, there's a holiday coming. Uh, So I, uh, I thought, well, I want to manage to get through the story. So I lowered the difficulty level. So let's just go through this. And uh, I've spent a lot of time hiding in lockers from the sailing. I've been killed multiple times, you know. I found a video on YouTube of a guy on nightmare mode going through this game in about five hours. <laughs> now, of course, he's familiar with the game. He's played through it multiple times. So he knows where all the things are that I'm having to search for. But he also mentions that the alien doesn't seem to spawn in an area. And if you if you if you can go from area A to B within a certain amount of time, it probably will not show up and bother you. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And I was watching him go through this playthrough. Now he's playing on a PC. I was playing on a PS4. Maybe that's the difference. I don't know. But he wasn't really having too much trouble with that alien showing up and killing him at all. Nothing really happening to him. And part of the run he was trying to do is to also not kill any humans. Uh, and I and man, I I pretty much spend the time crawling around. You know crouch down the entire time stealthing this entire thing as best as I can and he's not really stealthing anything as I watch this now I didn't watch his entire video because I don't want to spoil anything for myself but I am going to end up watching a bit more because I got stuck and I need to know how in the world to get through this so if you're not familiar with alien isolation how this game works is the there's a pretty good AI for the alien uh, who basically stalks you if you make too much noise it will come and find you and kill you and you really can't do anything about it uh, except for, you know, I got some Molotovs because uh, it doesn't like fire. And also a flamethrower can, can run it off. And I do have that now. Shooting it with your pistol does nothing. You can't kill this thing. But I got to a point in the game where in the story we've jettisoned it off in a, in a separate part of the space station that I'm on. And I was like, yeah, we're not even halfway through this game. I know this is going to be back. Well, it wasn't that particular one that's back. I am actually wandered into a hive that was being built. The, the aliens have constructed a hive and uh, the main reactor of the space station that the game takes place on. So I'm in this hive and I'm trying to find a way to destroy it. And I keep, if, if you watch the last video, the, the current most current video, I have a 10 minute video in the Scareplay playlist. 10 minutes, because it's me going to the same spot, trying different things and being killed in the same spot multiple times. And I said, okay, I think I need a break. 
<laughs> so after 10 minutes, I was like, okay, you know, I can't do this right now. Now, I do plan on coming back and playing it. And what I might, know, I might do is play it without streaming. And if I get through it, I will save a video and I'll upload it. But I may, on the next stream, play Resident Evil Code Veronica X. Because I've actually never finished that game. Because there's a spot on that game where I get stuck as well. And maybe this time I won't get stuck. We'll just see about that. But there is a part of, the, part of that game that I always get stuck. And I got through it one time. But it took every piece of weaponry I had to get through the one point, and uh, I I had nothing to get through the this area when you finally you're in the Arctic or something, and I could not get through that area. But I've never actually finished that game, so I'm like, Dagman, I'm gonna finish that game. I want to play it on the stream, and I'm I don't know that I would have time if I don't get after it now. So I'm thinking I might jump to that and then come back to Alien Isolation because I do want to finish it, but I need to figure out what I what I've got to do to survive the hive. And then get back into the space station where apparently there'll be more than one alien wandering around. Because <laughs> you blow up the hive and everybody that lives in the hive is coming out. So, yeah. <laughs> Other fun things I kind of want to mention is Larry the Cable Guy turned out to be on The Masked Singer. Which I don't watch The Masked Singer. I don't know if I would enjoy it if I did. But uh, now if you ever hear Larry or Lawrence, uh, he, I mean, the, the Cable Guy is a character. And when he speaks normally, and we're used to the way he's talking, you know, uh, you know, Mater, we're used to that's the way he sounds all the time. But uh, it's very different when you get into how he talks normally, right? So, we hearing him sing, I, and I only, I only got to hear him sing after he's unmasked himself, and um, it's a very different sound when you hear him talk about it to himself. He ain't not talking like this. You know, when he talks to his normal self, you know, he's a not guy from Nebraska. Uh, so he completely surprised everybody and uh, sang, apparently sang pretty good as well. So it's, it's very different to, to unmask and I guess it really surprised everybody. But I thought that was pretty neat and I have watched the clip uh, about that. So it is a, a very much a different type of thing. Uh, other thing that uh, I discovered is something that's known as Comics Gate, and uh, I, the guy who's kind of behind Comics Gate has received a lot of fluff, or not fluff is or that's not the right guff. Guff is the word that I'm looking for uh, for what he's done, but he has gone into pointing out that you know a lot of people that are you know well I you know we might consider them to be more diverse. Actually, a lot of them have not been looking for what comics have been doing lately, where comics have, uh, the, well, the most recent is, you know, Superman now has a son, and the son is going to be, is basically the new Superman, and they decided that he is going to be bisexual. Uh, we've also got a, a new, newly bisexual Robin, Tim Drake, who's been around for a long time, suddenly comes out as bisexual. Uh, at the same time, we've suddenly got a black Batman. Uh, and of course, we know you know Miles Morales as being a Spider-Man. And of course, they had to have a female Spider-Man. So they, they've tried both with Silk and then bringing Gwen Stacy from an alternate universe. You know, there, you know, we even have a, a, a girl as a teenage girl who is Iron Man in a way. She's got an Iron Man book. But they're always trying to take characters that you know. Which it turns out, you know, the more, uh, you know, diverse people, they like Iron Man and Spider-Man the way they were. They weren't looking for these separate ones. But there's more of an agenda than there is storytelling going on in comics. And uh, this fella, Ethan Van Skyver, I think that's how you say it, has pointed that out. And 
Well, I guess he's taking a lot of guffs. There are some people who are don't agree with him, and that's fine. You don't have to agree with him. But it has been pointed out by more than just him that, you know, the focus used to be on good characters and storytelling, and now there's more of an agenda in comics. And I've even seen, you know, they. Uh, I was watching a video of this woman who's going on a rant to say, well, Captain America is a social justice warrior, and if you don't like it, then you just don't read it. Well, okay, that's what's going to happen. And comics are actually not selling as well as they used to. Because, and uh, and I've seen this happen with Marvel. I don't buy as many comics as I used to. I haven't bought one in a long, long time now. Uh, because, yeah, it's gotten to where it's too much agenda. And if you look even at, like, the CW, when I quit watching some of the CW shows, it's the agenda started overtaking good storytelling. And it becomes a problem. You know, it, you need to tell good stories. You need to have good characters. And if you need to feel like you, you know, because there's always been a lot of good diversity, actually, in the comics. But if you need more characters of different uh, orientation or or color, whatever you want to call it, any different race, create new characters and be original about it. Let that character stand up on its own because that that to me shows a lot more confidence in somebody of that character or that you know that race or whatever you want to call it. That shows more confidence in them that they can carry a story and that you can create an interesting character of that. I mean, Spawn was a completely original idea, and Todd McFarlane, uh, he's like, you know what, I'm going to make a black character because we need some more, and he, Spawn has been a very popular character since uh, his creation. You know, I mean, it's it's very possible to do this. It's, it's, you know, yeah, I think I've already gone on enough tirades talking about, you know, have some originalities, don't try to borrow a name and thinking, well, we couldn't make this popular if we didn't borrow the name of Spider-Man to put this other character on. Let the character stand on their own in some fashion, and then... Let the story and the, the the strength of character carry it. That's that's how they used to do it. And all this politics should not be getting into the comics. That's uh, one of the things that has been pointed out. Stan Lee, actually, some of the stuff he created was getting away some of the politics, getting involved in comics in the 50s. He stepped into the 60s with a Fantastic Four because he did a comic the way he wanted to do it, expecting he might just be fired. Like, well, I'm you know, if this is going to end, I might just do it the way I want to do. And I see his wife advised him. But that was the point. They were getting away from all the agenda and all that stuff and just telling fun stories and having great characters. So, yeah, that's so comics again. I just heard about that. This has been kind of a thing going on. Another fun thing that's going on, speaking of on social media and whatnot, the hidden flower. Have you all gotten to see this picture? And I saw even another one today. You might not have seen the picture because Facebook was censoring this picture. And it is a flower that says, stand up for what you believe in, even if you stand alone. It was the message on here. And for some reason, Facebook censored the picture, saying it might be a graphic. It is a picture of a flower under a magnifying glass so you can see the flower growing up on concrete. And there's people walking around in the background. I'm sorry, I didn't. I don't see what was the sensitive content. It's a flower, and you know today someone had shared. You know they posted that someone had shared a recipe for these like peanut butter uh, cookies. They were like gluten free, I think, or something like that. I don't know. There was something about it. They were peanut butter cookies, but the picture of the cookies was censored. And you know what's in the picture? Cookies. That's it. Facebook has lost its ever loving mind. So. <laughs> If I had someone to chat with, I would be discussing this further. But uh, yeah, that's what you get for host chatter. So yeah, it's been a uh, a weird, wild week to say the least. <laughs> and we have to laugh. We have to laugh. We have to laugh because it's this that crazy. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. 
This is news from around Neverland. Okay, so I have some fun stuff, and I've got, well, a lot of stuff, really, that uh, has been popping up. I've been putting it up in our Facebook feed, but just found out this today. Uh, this is according to Screen Crush. Disney is making a movie about the creation of Disneyland. This is expected to be on Disney Plus. They also have a, you know, they've got an entire section on Disney Plus for Disney park creation or, you know, stories. They have the Imagineering story behind the attractions, that kind of thing. Uh, and you've even got some of the vintage Disneyland television shows. Not quite all of it. I really wish they'd put the entire thing. But uh, uh, and apparently they found this on Deadline uh, as being directed by David Gordon Green of Pineapple Express. And the recent Halloween franchise, there's the guy you need to go tell in Disney's story. Uh, and it's, there's uh, some writing going on by Evan uh, Spiliotopoulos. He's the writer of Jungle Book 2, Pub, Pooh, Cephalot, Mummy, and the live action Beauty the Beast. That doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence in me. Uh, but uh, we're expecting to see this at some point. It's, uh, it's at least been announced that they're making this. Very exciting. It's a story that most of us uh, as Disney fans would know. Something else Deadline just announced today. Will Poulter, which uh, you might know from uh, the Gotham series, uh, also from, um, I got the game over there, Jedi Fallen Order. He is expected to play Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And we even had a bit of a confirmation by James Gunn on Twitter about this. So uh, I don't know exactly when they are going to have this released. I think they were supposed to have been uh, filming already. Uh, but yeah, so this is, uh, I don't know when this is coming out. But here's the interesting thing. Apparently some sources are saying that uh, he landed the role of Warlock in Marvel's anticipated sequel. And uh, Kevin Feige, of course, is producing. That's pretty much what we got. That's it. <laughs> Move on. Something else new coming. WandaVision spinoff starring Katherine Hahn is in the works at Disney+. Plus. Uh, apparently it was announced uh, through Variety and I guess on some sort of... Uh, Actors on Actors thing that they have video of. Uh, so, of course, she's playing Agatha Harkness again, and we all enjoyed Agatha Harkness. Now, this was this was a slightly different Agatha Harkness than what we would see in the comics. What I would like to see... Uh, you remember, she kind of... Um, and as it, as it describes it here on, uh, on Variety's website here, says Wanda traps Agatha in Westview by using her powers to force her to revert to her Agnes persona. So we uh, expect to see her break out of the Agnes persona. But uh, Agatha Harkness is the nanny for Franklin Richards, son of Sue, St uh, Sue and Reed Richards, right, of the Fantastic Four. So might we be working our way, because we're expecting the Fantastic Four to come around. Might this be working our way that direction uh i that's speculation on my part i really really like to see it but yeah we're some sort of a spinoff with uh the harkness which she's been involved in a lot of stuff i think we covered this in depth a while back um so it's coming <laughs> but anyway something else this is pretty cool although i have dvds of all of this so and you know apple plus uh i believe it was apple tv plus Got the exclusive rights to Peanuts, I believe, like last year. So we weren't able to watch them on TV. But a press release oh, that's on comicbook.com says, Great Pumpkin will air on PBS and PBS Kids on Sunday, October 24th at 7.30 p.m. Check local listings. Uh, that's Eastern Time. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving also airing on PBS and Charlie Brown Christmas also airing PBS. 
The, the Thanksgiving special, November 21st, Christmas special, December 19th. The nice thing is this is being aired a lot closer. It looks like this is like the weekend before each holiday, which is smart because it seemed ABC was wanting to show it. Oh, it's October. Oh, October 1st. We don't care. Show the great pumpkin now, uh, which was kind of crazy. But yeah, they're going to show them on television on PBS of all places, which I find interesting. But you know, everybody's got access to PBS, I figure. Uh, I don't know if uh, there's probably a streaming service of PBS right now. I don't know. I, I shut down most of my stuff, but I do have regular television. So, uh, but like I said, I own DVDs of it. I can just watch them anytime that I want. So, all righty. So, let me just read this from Deadline. Uh, just days after the first court hearing in Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow Profits Megabyte lawsuit on Disney was pushed back to March 2022, the Oscar nominee in the House of Mouth have made peace, and it was pricey for the latter. So some sort of settlement with uh, Disney uh, says they're very glad they've come to an agreement. They, you know, Disney's saying we appreciate her contributions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and look forward to working together on a number of upcoming projects, including Disney's Tower of Terror. Uh, this was from Disney CEO Bob Chapek. Uh, now, I don't know if they can find detail of the this suit. Um but yeah, I guess the Disney has incurred the wrath of many, as it says here, including J. Johansson, CAA main man Brian Lord, for not only telling the world that the actor got paid twenty million dollars up front for the film, but also tried to make their longtime collaborator look out and out cruel for standing up for herself. And I, I remember we did talk about this thing you know, that seems a little redundant that she was going for more money because I guess she's not getting enough. But she was wanting some sort of a. Uh, you know, something off the, which I get, if it, if it was contracted for her to get it, then she's supposed to get it in the contract. But apparently they did settle. There's an amount of money. And, uh, I mean, worldwide, it looks like Blackwood has made $378.8 million. And if she's supposed to get some sort of percentage, then she's supposed to get that that percentage. So, but I guess they reached some sort of settlement. I don't find a lot of the details of the settlement uh, in the article there, but they've taken care of that. Something else, though, that's fun. 40 additional minutes. And Sylvester Sloan recut this himself. Rocky Four, One night theatrical run that is supposed to be on streaming services November the 11th. Teaming up with Fathom Events for nationwide screaming. As with an extra 40. And it's uh, going to be called Rocky versus Drago, the ultimate director's cut. Uh, now, of course, it'll be on demand beginning Friday, November 12th. I don't know what services it'll be on, if it's a particular streaming service or if it's going to be available to buy. But apparently a lot of stuff ended up on that uh, on that cutting room floor. I mean, 40 minutes. So this is going to be a lengthy version. And I always did enjoy it. This movie was a little cheesy. But, you know, I always did enjoy Rocky IV. So pretty excited to actually check that out. I might see if I can get myself some tickets to there. So uh, next thing, Tommy Kirk from Old Yeller and Swiss Family Robinson. You know, kinda, I think he's a Disney legend. Passed away at 79. That's about as much as I can look at that because I, you know, have an ad blocker going on for where I pulled up that story. Something else that popped up this week is Babylon 5 is being rebooted and isn't developed over the CW from original series creator J. Michael Straczynski, which J. Michael Straczynski had a great run writing for Amazing Spider-Man. And they he even made jokes on himself that like with J. Michael Straczynski and Babylon 5, it was kind of convenient. It was interesting. It was called five because you know five years is where you finally get the payoff for everything. And in the Amazing Spider-Man, he was also hinting it's like he was building up for something incredible that eventually you would get the payoff for, and he did, and it was great. Uh, so I have never seen the original Babylon Five. I don't know if it's available somewhere for me to watch, but 
It might be on Netflix. I'm going to have to go and check it out because I would like to definitely check this out uh, before this happens. Because, you know, I I would watch this. I think uh, I might have fun with it because now I'm getting a bit more familiar with the writer. And I believe he even wrote on He-Man and the Masters of the Universe back in the 80s. So, I mean, how cool is that? So, um, now this one, is, I don't know if this really counts as being news. Uh, but I saw a video and I want to see if I can pull up directly what Disneyland says on it. There we go. The My Magic Plus. Now, I saw a video from Adam the Woo, and you might be familiar with him in the Daily Woo. Uh, he has a pretty popular YouTube channel where he goes and he travels, and he's a big Disney fan, but he travels and he likes to visit neat locations. But he put out a video, and I think I was a little late getting to it, explaining some problems he's been having with Magic Plus. And basically, instead of the annual pass, because remember Disneyland did away with their annual pass, this has been the replacement. And it goes along with a, uh, a mobile app. And what you do is there's and there's different tiers of what you pay for uh, on different levels, but you have to reserve your time you want to go to Disneyland. And you're probably uh, you can't just spur the moment go like you used to do with annual an annual pass. You need to plan, and you'll probably when you go to look on the app, you'll probably be able to go not this week, but next week. You can go next week. So plan your day next week. The challenge comes is if you miss like I believe it's three different reservations. Because you have up until the night before to cancel. And Adam was talking about, or maybe it was somebody else pointing, I think it was Adam was talking about, you actually have to drive to Disneyland somewhere. Uh, which I, You should be able to do this on the app, but it's like you have to drive there to be able to uh, cancel or something. I got a little confused on that. But but if you don't cancel by the night before, they're going to penalize you. And eventually, you'll be punished. And they will not allow you, I think it's for like a month at least, you are not allowed to even make a reservation after about three strikes. Now, this is a company, not a governing body. A governing body can make laws and you need to obey, and they're for your protection. This is a business, in a way, trying to make things more convenient for them, where they've already got your money, but they're going to deny you the service that you're paying for because you broke their rules. Now, they're not a governing body on this to be able to establish, to set that sort of a rule to where you're not allowed to use the service. I mean, I, it's understandable you're going to have some rules of how you want to behave in the park when you misbehave badly in the park and you're going to have to get thrown out and you might even get a ban. But, you know, I would expect to get my money back then if I've paid for a year's worth. If I'm paying for a year's worth and I'm suddenly told that I can't use it, I expect my money back. But I bet they've worded things in their little contract, of course, very well to where they are protected. It's like, nope, we got your money. Too bad. But that would bother the heck out of me. And I've seen, you know, some Disney apologists are like, no, no, this is fine. No, 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 we signed up for it. We knew what we were getting when we were signed up for it. Like, that's, that bothers me. That really would. This is a business telling me I can't use their service, even if I've paid for it, as a punishment? Like, they have the right to punish me? They're not a governing body. This is a business. But I could rant on that for a while. And, uh. But yeah, Adam the Woo is bringing that up and how he does not like this and does not like that he can't just spur the moment go. And it makes things actually a lot more difficult. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, this uh, The Genie Plus is coming soon and that seems to be where they've modified things to where the Fast Fast system has been put into Genie Plus and now you actually have to pay extra for that. And I believe it might involve parking as well. Uh, I, have, you know, I have not been paying attention to Disney and the park stuff that much here lately because we've tried to pull away. But these are some of the things that I hear... That I, and I read and that I'm like, well, this doesn't seem right. Uh, but the Disney Plus system apparently is going to be moving over to Disneyland as well. But anyways, there are some neat things going on uh, because, you know, we've, as you know, the October 1st, you might most likely know Walt Disney World was the, anniversary, the 50th anniversary. 
Uh, and there's some uh, new, you know, well, I was watching footage of people out there on opening day, and pretty much you had a lot of the local people just going to buy them the merchandise. Everybody just wants the merchandise. And a lot of them are probably buying duplicates, and they're going to try to sell it online. I don't think Disney can stop them. You know, I think they've tried different ways, but you know that's what people are doing. People waiting a couple hours. I mean, because they, of course, I'm sure they want some for themselves, but they're going to get some extra. I bet, and they're going to try to turn around, and sell it online because oh, but you weren't here to get this. This is for the first day, and it's a limited supply. Uh, but there are new bits of entertainment. One thing I've seen did not work well, uh, and it looked cool. It was this kite show going on in the Animal Kingdom. It seemed like a really great idea on paper, but then it's had all kinds of problems. I'm not sure it's meant to last. Uh, some of it does work well. They have some cast members performing the show out there with kite things and characters on poles, and they can move them around and look really neat, and they're really neat designs. But then they have out on the water these jet skis, and they're towing these kites of, like, Simba and Baloo, and the wind is just making them look awful, and they literally have to crash these kite balloon things into the ground, and they can't lift it up until they make sure it's not damaged. But they have to crash it into the ground in order to stop them. And this, wow, people have been making fun of this on social media. It was turned out to be a pet idea. Uh, but, you know, we've got to see some video. And this is how far badly the magic has left Disney. And yes, the magic has left Disney. Something's wrong. Something is seriously wrong to where they, it seems like they're faking it. They had a video, like a 45-minute video, where they had these two, you know, hosts that were talking about all the wonderful new things coming. And that's all fine and good. But at one point, they want to talk about some of the new clothing items you could purchase. And, you know, in one shot, we see them wearing their regular clothes, and then we've cut away to show some of the clothing. Come back, and they're they're wearing some of the clothes they were just talking about. And they, oh my gosh, look what we're wearing. Wow, we suddenly have different clothes on. Magic. That was the most over-the-top, falsely produced magic, quote-unquote, I've ever seen. Like, oh, look, the camera cut away, and now we have different clothes on. Magic. That says to me a lot of how, I don't know, the magic seems to be gone in a lot of ways. Am I alone in this? You know, let me know. <laughs> Send me an email, you know, comment or something on Facebook. But I, oh, that was so cringy. It was so cringy. But uh, they got some new entertainment coming across all four of the parks. New merchandise, new food, new drinks, and some very fun stuff, actually. They had a uh, toad burger that I did see where it looks like a little toad head with some olives, and it's got a pickle hanging out for a tongue. Uh, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser will have its first voyage. Extremely expensive. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably never be able to get and uh, take a vacation to that. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewinds going on at Epcot. There's a Next Generation Magic Band Plus, and the Hey Disney Voice Assistant, which is basically, I believe they've worked it with Amazon. And so it works like that. Uh, you know, it's it's basically a device, but you can use it in the parks and you can even put it onto your phone. But you can say, hey, Disney, and ask it to tell you what time something's going on or something in the park, which is a cool idea at the resort. It's actually that's a really neat idea. Uh, so that is probably one of the cooler things I've seen them pop up with. Uh, but uh, there is something uh, speaking of Southwest Airlines. Uh, with a apparently they had a pilot strike for uh, this whole other issue with a uh, COVID mandating coming up in November, and all the pilots decided, well, if we're all going to get fired, let's use our vacation time and and cause a lot of flight delays. Which Southwest is trying to blame it on weather, but uh, 
<laughs> they do have a new Disney Magic Southwest Airline with some, they're calling that iridescent. That is the kind of the catch word for the celebration for the next 18 months, the iridescent. But the plane looks cool. Uh, they've got special planes that uh, I don't know if this is specifically for flights to Disney. I remember when I went to, went down to Orlando my one time, it was on a Southwest Airline. Uh, but a very, very, very cool. Uh, let's see, what else have I got going on here? Oh, yes. Here's some audio. There we go. There was a special. Uh, Julie Andrews hosted this. The grand opening of Walt Disney World. Well, Margaret, here we are at Disney World Campgrounds. Yeah! That's the voice of Jonathan Winters, by the way. All right, you little beggars. Here, you get out. All right. Get over there to the campsite. Hurry up now. Come on, Mavis. Teddy, sissy. June, you get over there. Harry. Tommy, that was a lot of kids. Over in that area. Just, just move around at will. That's all right. Pick up some sticks and some firewood. Well, Margaret. <laughs> we made it to the campgrounds. That wasn't too bad a drive, was it? After all, it was only two days and two nights from Fort Smith. I didn't bug you too much, did it? Margaret. Well, what about me sitting on this side all the time going bumpity 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 bump? Wasn't easy for me. I guess you must have hit a thousand chuckles between Fort Smith and here. Oh, come on, Margaret. Margaret huh? is falling asleep in the driver's Listen, seat. <laughs> let me tell you something. We didn't do this vacation for me or the kids. We did this for you, Margaret. So you could get out of that hot, sweaty kitchen and have the fun of your life right here in Disney World. Huh? I'm going to get out now, Margaret, and come around and get you. So, yes, the uh, just wanted to bring up the uh, because it's the anniversary that they actually had a grand opening uh, television program, which if you look around on YouTube, you can probably find it. The fun part is like Julie Andrews is hosting. But when you when you first start it, you wouldn't know what you're watching. It's Glenn Campbell and he's singing kind of, I don't know, kind of a sad sounding song, in my opinion. But it's Glenn Campbell walking through just open grass, open fields, playing his guitar and singing. And then at the end of the song, he walks up there and you see a monorail. It's like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but it, it's just the funniest way to start this thing off. So anyways, uh, yeah, I just <laughs> I just had to bring that up just because I thought it was fun because I was looking for it this week for the anniversary. Looking for, you know, what are some fun things about uh, this? But uh, big thanks, of course, to Roy Disney for continuing Walt's dream of building a park there in Florida. Uh, this we really owe it a lot to Roy Disney in that one, and he's sometimes an unsung hero amongst people who outside of the uh, the club of Disney fans. So other things, uh, Empire Magazine has a there's it says there's a dedication to Harold Ramis in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I believe it's at the end of the film is what they mentioned. Apparently, Empire Magazine, the current issue, has a lot of information about new, the new Ghostbusters Afterlife. I've been seeing that the, I believe they screened the entire thing at the New York Comic Con. Uh, a lot of good reviews coming, a lot of good stuff coming out. So people are saying this has really been great. And, you know, a lot of talk of seeing the uh, the three original, of, of the three living Ghostbusters, uh, having them come back and put on flight suits. I don't know if flight suit's the right word, but putting them in the outfits at the end, which might be towards the end of the movie. Uh, but it's really fun seeing them that. And I have actually seen in stores, they have toys for Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't know if you've perhaps seen uh, in stores already. And I have some sitting upon a bookshelf, the kind of realistic looking Ghostbusters figures that they've put out. Uh, they have those style uh, for Afterlife. And they have now, uh, of course, everyone but Egon. Uh, figures of Venkman, Stance, and you know, and, and Winston Zeddemore, you know, all looking older because they're older guys now. But uh, you know, getting a preview of what they're going to look like, uh, they're kind of pricey uh, figures, so I don't think I'll be able to get those. But it's really neat to see them. 
But yeah, uh, speaking of uh, Ghostbusters news, I shared like some video that had been made and also some photos. There is a dollar store. I believe this is in Texas. And uh, they, the owner of this dollar store or the manager of this dollar store just went all out decorating for Halloween with Ghostbusters items. And he's got a, uh, at Sandia, Texas. He has uh, got like a mannequin out here dressed in full Ghostbusters gear with a proton pack and an eternal wand. There's a terror dog standing up on some of the shelves. He's got a proton pack sitting out in aisles. There's a big happy Halloween sign with Slimer and the uh, no ghosts uh, symbol. Really, really fun. Uh, just going above and beyond decorating and having some fun for Halloween. And apparently somebody's got a display at their home. Uh, that did a really neat job of recreating the real Ghostbusters with some stand-ups and really great artwork. Uh, very, very cool. And uh, let's see, where is this at? I mean, the, uh, there's some great photos on GhostbustersNews.com uh, of it lit up at night. And they even did some really neat stuff with some, uh, you know, those light-up kind of cables. You know what I mean? Where it's... Um, the lights are inside of like cable of different colors, but they use that to create the uh, Protron streams and they have various different ghosts that you'd see in the animated series uh, floating around. And it looks like they even have Lewis out there trying to bust some ghosts and Janine out there trying to bust some ghosts. Uh, just really, really neat stuff. And let's see. Oh, this it came from an Instagram user, night.game.umpire. And uh, I don't know where they're at for to go and look at this. Uh, I'm trying to find where they live at because i would love to if, if, if it turns out that uh i could drive by this i would totally do it but there's behind the scene images over at this guy's uh instagram i'm gonna have to follow this guy just to kind of see everything because i don't if, if it turns out that this guy is somewhere here near the kansas city area i'm going but the article i've yeah after i've scanned through here a few times i have not seen anything about where his home would be. But of course you wouldn't want to put his address up, I suppose, but at least to have a general idea of what town. So you could know to maybe check your local news about it or something like that. Oh, but yeah, his Instagram has got lots of fun things. Oh my goodness. Wow. And I guess his Instagram was mainly just started on documenting this, this whole project. Really great photos on the Instagram. Once again, that is night dot game dot umpire like in baseball and umpire uh very very cool stuff go and check it out take it out take a look at some of these photos it's very 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 cool um i should probably you know hang on to that and put it in the show notes but that's okay <laughs> all right so the next thing i got here it looks like i got something else i pulled up from youtube that's a clip from marvel's guardians of the galaxy they're calling this the cosmos cinematic trailer this you know what i'm gonna go ahead and call this a trailer and uh hit that sounder the Neverland Trailer Park. Okay, so this was the Cosmo trailer. Oh, this is for the game, by the way. Cosmo! How you doing, buddy? We were just about. <laughs> Do not feed Cosmo Cat Biscuit's Pewter Quill. Cosmo also know Guardian of Galaxies have Nova Tracker on ship. Okay, I'm sure it's just one big misunderstanding. 
Right? Right. Seems to me like you're short-staffed, and we want to find out what happened as much as you do. We do. So let us investigate for you. Always a catch, Peter Quill. And not fun kind with bull. Face it, Dog Breath. You need us. All right, so Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is out for pre-order on October 26th. I believe the game is supposed to come out in uh, November. Well, the pre-order at least is available here very, 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 very soon. There are some new games that actually come out. Came out like a uh, Metroid Dread just came out this week. Uh, I've also been seeing the fourth in the Left 4 Dead series, which is Back for Blood, uh, which looks to play a little differently. You get to choose your character a little differently, and there's other characters to unlock, and you actually have to use things you earn in the game to purchase more ammo and purchase different weapons. So it plays differently from the old Left 4 Dead games, but apparently it's in that same vein and some of the same makers. Uh, looks pretty fun. That apparently is also available on Xbox Game Pass, which I don't have my Game Pass account anymore. I might have to get it back some point so I can try this game out with, maybe with some friends. So, something else though. Another trailer that uh, is not what you would have expected. Dr. Evan L. Brown, and this is my time machine. A time machine? You're a slack of a fly. Face it, you've got no future. I'm gonna get back in time. 1955? Well, that music's gonna get me into copyright problems. But there's a Back to the Future musical, and it's now playing at the Adelphi Theater in London. And I, uh, I'm kind of keeping an eye on this to see if it comes over to the United States. I don't know if they could ever tour this show from the footage I've seen of this. I mean, it is a full, I mean, theater design. I mean, the effects, you have to have the DeLorean on stage. But apparently this is a very, very, very cool thing. Uh, they do have an Instagram thing. I'm going to start following this on Instagram. If they ever bring this into the United States and I manage to make a touring version, I want to go. I mean, granted, we know the story, but I, you know, I'd like to hear the music of it, you know. Sounds like they got some music from the film, but of course I'm sure they've got some original music as well because you have to have enough music to actually make a musical out of it. But how cool is this? A Back to the Future musical, and it's legit. I mean, it's full-on stage effects right in front of you. I Just, oh my gosh, so much fun. Uh, but yeah, currently going on in uh, in uh, London. Oh, and we discussed the Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago cut. I got a trailer for it too. Russia will now throw its hat into the ring. I've seen this Drago fight. Drago is a super athlete. I know I can beat him. Hey, Paolo, look, maybe the show is over. You've got nothing more to prove. He thinks he's fighting for the whole country, but his reasons are wrong. I'm asking, as a friend. Stand in my corner, just this one last time. 
I did not come here to lose. Perhaps this simple defeat will be a perfect example of how pathetic your society has become. You're my friend. I should start this fight. And don't do this to me. I cannot be defeated. Somebody get a doctor in here! Soon, Hold one will know my name. Drago. Drago. I let it happen. I gotta take everything he's got. He's had one professional fight and one man is dead. It's suicide! This is gonna be a time when you're gonna have to do things that other people don't think are right, but they're gonna be right for you. You gotta do what you gotta do. Not the fight been set yet. It's in Russia. Are you You know what to do. Do it. He's not a machine. He's a man. Be more man than him. I must break you. Rocky is in serious trouble. Breathe. Don't be scared. Get up, you son of a bitch. All those fighters you beat. You beat him with heart! Get up! Get up! Get up. Get So like I said, it's a one-night-only Fathom Theater event, November 8th, the 11th. Uh, for those of you very familiar with the movie, you probably recognize there was a lot of dialogue, a lot of stuff they already showed little bits of that wasn't in the original film. I am I'm I'm pretty excited for this. This is going to be really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm I want definitely want to check this out. Uh, there's some new stuff coming to Disney Plus here. This is called Just Beyond. We're getting a lot of text here and uh, not a lot of dialogue. Looks like it's going to there be go. another beautiful day. This is from R.L. Stein, by the way. It's eight unique stories. Are you crazy? You can't bring wands to school. Bye. The young minds, a sponge. We just give them a little squeeze. Can she see us? These girls had no regard for the rules. I don't quite feel like myself.
trust no one. Are we cursed? We're not cursed. I'm just different. We are going to have such a wonderful time together. Yay! Just Beyond. Original series streaming October 13th on Disney+. Plus. So by the time you hear this, this will be on Disney+. Plus. For those of you who are fans of Goosebumps, which I was kind of older, so I haven't really ever watched Goosebumps. Uh, but I think this is aimed at a slightly older audience. It looks like they're aiming for like that middle school to teenage uh, level of uh, so if you you know if you grew up reading Goosebumps or watching the old Goosebumps show, I think this is definitely something you're going to enjoy. I might have fun with it. I'm going to have to check some of it out and see what I think because uh, it's eight different stories. If you don't like one story, you might like the other story anyway. So it might be some fun to watch this month. Uh, here's a movie we usually don't cover uh, like R-rated films in this show, but you know we're doing things a little differently because this is based off of one of my favorite game franchises. Come on. So this is coming November 24th. Every story has a beginning. Discover the origin of evil. Why are you back here? Claire, your conspiracies weren't true when we were kids. They're not true now. We need to expose Umbrella. Watch this. I'm afraid, Claire. I'm afraid of what they're gonna do to this town. The umbrella, they have an incident. I'm talking Chernobyl, if you know what I mean. People are getting sick. You gotta help us, Claire. Let the world know what's really going on. where they could give me a copyright strike. So. Don't know if there's any more dialogue at this point. This is where they're experimenting on him. Should split up. Well, because of the music being played in there, and I don't want to have a copyright on my audio, this is Resident Evil, a welcome to Raccoon City. They're rebooting... The, the film franchise and finally going to do it right, it looks like. Uh, what it says here in the description on their YouTube thing for Sony Pictures, it says, Returning to the origins of the massively popular Resident Evil franchise, fan and filmmaker Johannes Roberts brings the games to life for a whole new generation of fans. In Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. Once the booming home of pharmaceutical giant Umbrella Corporation, Raccoon City is now a dying Midwestern town. The company's exodus left the city a wasteland, with great evil brewing below the surface. When that evil is unleashed, a group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind Umbrella and make it through the night. Now, it looks like what they're trying to do is tell the story of both Resident Evil 1 and 2 at the same time, with adding in some of the, um, some of what we get in like Code Veronica, uh, kind of mixed in there for good measure, I guess, where you have Claire Redfield as kind of a chasing down Umbrella as a conspiracy thing. And Chris, of course, you know, he's big SWAT team. He's a member of stars, you know, 
the one thing that I was, I mean, the costumes look great, but I would think, you know, some of their characters don't look like the characters should. Like Leon, uh, Leon, he kind of looks a bit more French. He's got kind of long wavy hair and his beard. I'm like, I'm used to the blonde headed sort of uh, Leon. So he doesn't really look like Leon, but the costume looks great. Uh, and they're Jill. Um, she's got kind of longer wavy hair. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Jill and everything. And we kind of got, of course, I liked Jill with long hair in like the original game. The actress they had playing Jill actually had long hair, and there's some photos of her when you complete the game that you see with her nice long hair. So, uh, yeah, that works for me, but uh, I, I kind of get used to, like, the short-haired Jill. Um, but the cast we have is Kaya Scodelario, which the funny thing is Claire looks a little older than Chris for some reason. Hannah, John Kamen, Robbie Amell, Tom Hopper, Avon Jogia with Donnell Logue and Neil McDonough. Uh, with Donnell Logue, I did see him. I don't think he's going to be in the movie that long. He looks like, unless he's um, Chief Irons, but I don't know. Uh, he looks to be a cop that doesn't gonna it doesn't look like he's gonna survive the scene they show clips of. Uh, Neil McDonough is playing uh, Birkin. I uh, forgot the guy's first name, Doctor Birkin though, who was responsible not for the T virus but for the second virus, the G virus in the second game. Um, so you know he's been posting stuff to his Instagram on uh, here lately when this everything was coming out for this game. But the sets look incredible. They look like the the uh, the Spencer Mansion. Uh, and the imagery that they have. They even recreate, when you watch this trailer, the first time you see a zombie in the first Resident Evil game. If those of you familiar with this will know, you come around a corner and you see this zombie is eating one of the members of Star's Bravo team, and then it turns its head just to the side and its eyes look right at you before it gets up to get you. And they recreated that shot in live action. Uh, you know, this looks like it's going to be kind of fun. It might be kind of scary. I don't know. I don't know if it's meant to be a horror movie or, or what, but... Uh, here's something else we want to throw at you. We already know this is coming, but they had just one final trailer for Dune. And, of course, I gotta share it. The outsiders ravage our land. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. So you're going tomorrow? Yes, I'm going tomorrow with the advanced team. I'd like you to take me with you. You've been trying to give me court-martialed. Can I trust you with something? I've been having dreams about a girl falling in battle. Felt like a vision. Dreams make good stories, but everything important happens when we're awake. To the future of House Atreides. You have to be ready. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. They're not human, they're brutal. What if I'm not dead? You'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. Come on! My son. I know you. Tonight, the bloodline ends forever. Kill them all. This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Only together. Can we stand a chance? Let's fight like demons.
beginning. Alrighty, so this is almost got like an all-star cast. October 22nd in theaters, also HBO Max. I would prefer to see it in the theater. Uh, but this is Oscar nominee Dennis Villeneuve, Villeneuve from Arrival and Blade Runner 2049, directing this for Warner Brothers Pictures and Legendary Pictures. Uh, big, big screen adaption of Frank Herbert's seminal bestseller of the same name. Uh, let's go ahead and read some of this. A mythic and emotionally charged hero's journey, Dune tells the story of Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into great destiny beyond his understanding, who must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. As malevolent forces explode into conflict, conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, a commodity capable of unlocking humanity's greatest potential, only those who can conquer their fear will survive. Uh, this has got... So many people. I mean, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, which Rebecca Ferguson, I think I've even mentioned some stuff I've seen her in here lately. Um, the, oh, Reminiscence, and what was the other movie? Um, Kid in King Arthur's Court. Uh, Oscar Isaac, which y'all know him from playing Poe uh, in Star Wars. Hey, which, which, by the way, if you happen to hear about a series is on an HBO Max about marriage, um, be warned about the nudity. <laughs> I've I've read some stuff where people were kind of surprised that they saw a lot more of Oscar Isaac than they ever expected. And I'm not just talking about his backside, okay? Uh, so be, be forewarned if you go watching that for him. Of course, now some of you are probably, probably like, oh, I gotta go see that now. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson, Zendaya, Cheng Chen, David Desmalkian, a lot of people. Um, Sharon Duncan Brewster, a lot of different people in this, and Javier Bardem from No Country for Old Men, Skyfall, also that last part of the Caribbean movie, he played uh, the villain that had come back after Captain Jack, he was a dead pirate, I can't remember what the character's name was, but he is so great uh, as a villain. But yeah, this is this is going to be huge epic, this should be, and somebody even commented, I really, really wish this is as good as it looks. I hope it will be, because uh, it looks like they did a good job. It's uh, Dune is one of the things that's been very difficult to adapt uh, into film. It's been attempted before, and some people like the 80s film. I've never seen it, because I heard it was kind of okay. Uh, I vaguely remember the book. I went to the audiobook of the first two books uh, in the series, and they're great books. They really are, uh, if you're into sci-fi. Uh, but So I'm excited for this. This is coming the 22nd. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely want to check this out. But here's something that just dropped today coming to Disney+. Plus. We've talked about this coming. Well, ready or not, here it comes. Home Sweet Home Alone. Twas the night before Christmas vacation. And the fun was in full swing. You have split our family onto two separate flights. Mom! Max, please! The family left for their big vacation. Is that everyone? The cars are leaving now! But forgot one little thing. Mom? Dad? Uncle Blake? They don't even know I'm here. They don't even know I'm here. My mom and dad have gone to Tokyo. I'm totally on my own. You do realize that my 10-year-old son is at home by himself. You just assumed Max was on the other flight. We didn't take a census. We got reports of suspicious people around 36 Lincoln Ave. I can't go to jail, honey. I wouldn't last 30 seconds in Gen Pop. It's where fresh fish get got. Nobody here is getting got. And we're criminals. I don't think so. This is my house. I have November to defend 12th. it. November 12th. Orange stripe center pocket. <laughs> Ooh. 
That did not sound right. I am trying to get home to my son. Who is alone. I'm scared. And he needs his mother. Sweet home alone. Oh no, a ladder! You think I'm that stupid? <laughs> yes, I do. Only on Disney Plus. So, uh, Home Sweet Home Alone stars Ellie Kemper. You might know her from The Office. Uh, Rob Delaney, Archie Yates, Asling Bay, Keenan Thompson, Tim Simons, Pete Holmes. Devin Rattray, Ali Mackey, and Chris Parnell. The film is directed by Dan Mazur from a screenplay by Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel. Story by Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel and John and John Hughes based on a screenplay by John Hughes because they ripped John Hughes off, but John Hughes did not write this, and you can tell. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think kids would might like this, perhaps. Right now on YouTube, the official... 20, from 20th Century Studios, it's got 5.6 thousand likes and 8.6 thousand dislikes. That's 3,000 more dislikes than likes currently. Uh, and this is not the only place this trailer is actually there. And uh, you people commenting, you just broke everything. We're out of ideas. Reach back to the 90s and let's reboot something. Uh, yeah, Disney, someone's saying, Disney exec, let's remake a classic, but make it worse in literally every way. Yeah, the only thing in this whole trailer that is even remotely interesting is the fact that Buzz became a police officer, which you can see him. Uh, it's caught, it's, and they even got the original actor that was Buzz uh, with his McAllister badge. This doesn't really look good, but I think the kids are going to like it. So, you know, and that's, I guess, the idea. If you can sit down with your kids and watch something, uh, you might regret it later, <laughs> but you might be able to sit down with your kids and watch this movie and hopefully be a little bit entertained, but it doesn't really look good. It doesn't seem to have the heart of the original film, where the original film, Kevin is kind of a jerk at the beginning, and he kind of has to grow up a little and learn some things through the course of the movie, and he has, has to kind of wise up. This kid seems like he's just a jerk the whole time. So... <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think there's any heart in this movie at all. It's just like, oh, hey, I know. Let's make a Home Alone movie. But moving on to something else, we do have a, uh, a review. This is, this is sort of a movie review, but I don't know if you call this a movie because it's 50 minutes long. Came out October 8th. It's something we've been talking about coming. Muppets Haunted Mansion is on Disney Plus right now. Now, I was skeptical, I must say. A lot of the stuff the Muppet, they've been doing with the Muppets lately has not been that great. That uh, Muppets Now was not good. And it seems like they were just something wasn't quite right. The Muppets just haven't quite been the same. But this, this was fun. I, you know, there's people talking about that the soundtrack is available. You can get the soundtrack. You can stream the soundtrack. I didn't think the songs were really all that great. It is kind of fun. They brought in Grim Grinning Ghosts at a point. I thought the songs were okay. They were passable, but they didn't have the the power and charm of the classic. But uh, And also, this had a whole lot of cameos of people. I had no idea who they were. But uh, I did have fun with it. They did really kind of recreate the Haunted Mansion attraction. And uh, Gonzo and Rizzo are going through the attraction, and 
It was really just fun. Uh, I just I had a really good time watching this. Uh, I, it took a while before the first joke really landed with me, and I actually laughed at it. It took all the way up to the, the Swedish chef chasing a pumpkin with a chainsaw because <laughs> he wanted to carve the pumpkin. That's the first time that I felt the good old fashioned Muppet mayhem that makes me laugh. But up until then, it was a lot of yeah, okay, I get it. That was supposed to be funny. Okay, that was supposed to be funny. But then the Swedish chef came out, and I was laughing. Uh, but I did also like that uh, they're going to the mansion of Gonzo's favorite magician, the Great MacGuffin. Get it? <laughs> okay. And he gets dropped off by the driver, Yvette Nicole Brown. No idea who she was. Gonzo and Pepe. I accidentally said Rizzo earlier, didn't I? But Gonzo and Pepe meet the caretaker, played by Darren Chris, and several other ghosts and uh, singing bus uh, singing the song "Rest in Peace." Uh, the ghost host is Will Arnett. Uh, you got Madame Pagoda, which, you know, a pagoda is like a something in China, isn't it? In the name of an architectural structure. So I thought that was kind of silly that they called her that. Instead of Madame Leota, it's Pagoda. Uh, there's some really annoying, the annoying jokes, I guess it was supposed to be funny. They never seem to get Miss Piggy right anymore. She doesn't have any charm to her anymore. She's just annoying and egotistical now. She's just, she's now, she's gone from being a little bit proud and a little full of herself to being a full-on narcissist and she's just not fun and charming at all anymore uh and then we have this opening thing where she's forced kermit to dress as her uh and she's dressed as him just so she can talk about how oh miss piggy you're the greatest and she can say it about herself and it's like this is not as charming as miss piggy was because she was a a little bit vain before but there's a difference between being a bit vain and being a full-on narcissist really but uh, I don't want to spoil the plot for you, but just to say that uh, you basically have Gonzo and Pepe going through there and Gonzo, of course, is loving it. You know, uh, at the end of the special, he says, you know, he was he's asked what he thought of being in the mansion. It was terrifying. I loved it because, uh, of course, it's Gonzo. He ain't afraid of nothing. Or is he? And that is the question of the fee- the special. Uh, this was so much fun. I think I'm going to watch this again this month. I, I really did have a great time watching this. Uh, and it was. Um, I don't know if we talked about the Lego Star Wars uh, special yet, did we? Because I did uh, kind of enjoy that, but the Muppets Haunted Mansion was better, definitely, than the Lego Star Wars thing. Lego Star Wars, uh, I did enjoy, but the only parts I really laughed at is when they did some silly parody stuff of the original trilogy. There was some stuff that I I literally was laughing out loud at. The rest of it was like, oh, that's cute. Uh, but yeah, it's Lego Star Wars. It's always entertaining, so it's definitely worth watching. So Scary Tales, uh, definitely check that out. It's really not scary at all i mean it's less scary than the toy story of terror uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i did enjoy and i did laugh at a, a few things in the lego star wars but the muppet haunted mansion definitely uh, a, a lot better than uh, that lego star wars thing definitely uh with the production i mean they i think they meant to release this uh last year uh but you know covid has kind of set everything off to the side uh, you still got some of the great Muppet performers and, you know, Matt Vogel, of course, is around Bill Beretta, Dave Goals, a lot of the other people that uh, are, are fairly new. Brian Henson is involved as well. Uh, and you got a quite a large cast of a lot of people that uh, you didn't know. I didn't know who they were. Uh, John Stamos popped up, though. I did recognize Pat Sajak. Craig Robinson, Danny Trejo, Ed, I like this, that Ed Asner pops up as a ghost named Claude, uh, which the, basically out in the graveyard, you see some of the gravestones you'd see out in front of the attraction, and uh, it was almost too soon to see Ed Asner out there as a ghost, because I was like, oh, I saw him, I was like, yeah, and it, you just passed away. 
the production initially began actually late 2019, early 2020. Full production intended to take place in March of 2020. It was suspended, though, because of the COVID-19. The special then began shooting over the course of three and a half weeks in April 2021. The special is notably the first Muppet production to be primarily shot in an LED volume using LED screens to create virtual sets rather than green or blue screens. And you can tell the backgrounds were, were you know, not real. I mean, but I did love what they did with the Haunted Mansion wallpaper with the faces. You know, it's purple and it's got faces because they put Gonzo's face and Pepe's face and some sort of monster face in there. And even in one of the doors, we recognized the Muppet monster um, uh, in the doors. Uh, they, the way they mixed the Muppets in with the mansion just was great. Uh, the, but the project was announced. I'm looking at the Muppet Wiki, by the way. The project announced in May 2021 as the Halfway to Halloween event with a special video featuring Gonzo and Pepe the King Prawn, which y'all remember that. I think we played the audio where every time Gonzo would say that, would mention the special lightning would strike and Pepe could never get it to work. Uh, so the fall 2021 issue of Disney 23... Uh, D23, for those of us in the know. Uh, they featured uh, on the special entitled A Gonzo to Halloween, an article including interviews with Muppet Studios Vice President Leigh Slaughter, Gonzo, and Pepe the King Prawn. Chocolate Eclairs promoting the special sold at Pizza Rizzo starting on September 1st, revealing Muppet versions of three of the stretching portraits, with Crazy Harry being placed on the role of Dynamite Man, Link Hogthrob, Julius Strangepork, and Miss Poogie as the Quicksand Trio, and Janice as the Tightrope Walker. A fourth Eclair features a Muppet version of the Haunted Mansion's iconic wallpaper. I would almost not want to eat the Eclair. I'd almost want to keep it because it was so cool. Further promotion in the Disney theme parks included a magic moment photo op at the Haunted Mansion in Disney World, where the Muppet Haunted Mansion logo and Piggy as Madame Pagoda are superimposed into the guest photograph. Exclusive footage from the special was also screened as part of Muppet Vision 3D pre-show starting September 30th. In downtown Disney in California, a promotional display area was set up featuring artwork, props, and specially decorated trunk. First footage from the special was featured in a promotional video for Disney Plus's Hollow Stream celebration, published on September 8th. Full trailer followed September 23rd, which I believe we covered that as well. Uh, the special received its world premiere on Disney Plus Holostream Drive-In on October 7th. And that was a cast and crew only event, which featured a live introduction by Gonzo and Pepe the King Prawn. A public screening was held on October 9th, paired with Behind the Attraction, The Haunted Mansion, which I've watched, which I, that's, I liked it. It was great. Uh, and The Muppet Show, Vincent Price, which I have that on DVD. Uh, but of course, that's available on Disney Plus. So you can see with Vincent Price. Also, The Muppet Show, if you watched it with Alice Cooper, fantastic uh there's some promotional appearances that went on there's a really great gallery of images here uh from trailers from social media and all kinds of stuff on the uh muppet fandom uh so yeah i really enjoyed it had a great time with it i'm glad i did i was worried i wasn't going to because i you know i love the moffats i love the hopping and mansion but i wasn't sure that they were going to get that to mix together but luckily they mixed it together very well so for all the things that I've criticized Disney about in this show, I got to hand it to him on this one. This was great. And I think I'm going to go watch it again. But it is time for us to leave you for now. Uh, well, of course, we want to give our thank yous out to Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for helping me out with our opening. Uh, remember, you can send us an email, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Neverland PCAST. On Facebook, we have, of course, if you search for Neverland Podcast. We even have a Facebook group. If you go into groups, Neverland Podcast. Uh, leave us a voicemail, 816-226-6492. Join our Neverlanders on NeverlandPodcast.com. You can go and become an official Lost Boy or Pixie. And, of course, donate through our Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast. 
And of course, if you visit our website, NeverlandPodcast.com, go to uh, the front page there and you'll see uh, my podcast reviews. Click on that link. If you happen to have a podcast and you need to check up on your reviews, that is a great way to be able to have all of your reviews from around the world that you wouldn't normally get to see. You can get it sent directly to your email. You can even put up a thing where it pops up all your newer reviews on your website, that kind of thing. Really, really great service. I highly recommend it for a great fee. Uh, But uh, yeah, that is all we have for this week. So until next time, get lost in an adventure.